Welcome to the second movie rebooted on Reboots and Dragons. This series of episodes was recorded sometime last July, a couple months after we recorded the Speed episodes. Uh, We had a fresh group of people. We were still kind of playing around with what we thought this would be. But ultimately, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Thanks for coming back. Welcome to a movie two of Reboots and Dragons, the podcast where we reboot movies playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, with me today, I have Adam Hinos, Shane Foreman, Jason Hetzel, and Bill. All right, guys. Last time I fucked up and gave too many clues. Do you guys know what the movie is this time? Terminator. Fuck! <laughs> 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 oh <my God. laughs> Did you guys see it? No, no, that yeah. was. Oh. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> how, how the fuck? I tried to give him no clues whatsoever. We were, I was. I've been brainstorming with like my roommate and Brittany and stuff, just L.A. movies, and that came up. And yeah. and last night, Shane and I, we were stuck between either Terminator or falling down, and we're we're hunting Michael Douglas. <laughs> For wow. the record, I was going to guess Escape from L.A., mm. which actually has been guessed. Uh, twice now for the movie so i'm pretty sure i have to do it now because people keep <laughs> guessing it every single time yeah so at one of the times it's going to be right but uh <laughs> just keep guessing it. wow surprise well motherfucker water world um <laughs> so yeah anyways i guess uh you get the main character perk which right. i explained to them earlier but what the main character perk is so in movies they never can seem to shoot the main character. You know, they're just running around. So uh, the Terminator has a disadvantage to hit you. All right. So remind me of that if I uh, roll like a 20 and you're like, did you roll the second dice? Yes. But uh, yeah. And also uh, during the break, I'm going to give you a piece of paper because during the explaining stuff to Sarah Connor thing, you're going to have some things to say. Okay. Um, For our listeners, uh, he literally gave no hints. Yeah, I told everyone this was going to be the parent trap, which I thought was funny to me because if you think about it, Terminator is technically a parent trap. Um, That's clever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, fuck. Um, (laughs) What I expected me to do is I was going to start with it's uh, we're Torquey. 2029 AD. And I, like, if you guys get to get from there, the next line is the machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. Their war to exterminate mankind has raged for decades, but the final battle would not be fought in the future. It would be fought here in our present tonight. Yeah, and I was hoping by the you know the time I started that, that's the opening crawl of Terminator, right. and so would probably know because everyone here has seen Terminator a million times, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So this hopefully should be fun. I'm gonna set this up. So here it is. It's War Torquey, 1984, 1.52 a.m. Sparks fly as a ball of energy appears suddenly, illuminating the previously dark, quiet streets. Almost as quickly as they appear, the lights vanish, leaving only the dim glow of the moon highlighting the creases of a highly toned muscle. The enormous nude man moves purposely down the empty street towards a group of three young dwarves sharing a large horn full of a liquid that obviously is affecting their judgment. One of them catches a glimpse of the shadow steadily approaching. He taps his buddies on the shoulder, gesturing towards the stranger. Hey! 
Hey, what's wrong with this picture? Surprise laughter echoes down the street as the man arrives in front of them. Nice night for a walk, eh? A dwarf resembling Bill Paxson questions. Nice night for a walk, the Terminator mimics. Wash day tomorrow, huh? Nothing clean, right? A second dwarf posits. The overconfident dwarfs start to encircle the stranger, entertained by the absurdity of it all. Nothing clean, right? The Terminator responds emotionlessly. This guy's a couple cans short of a six-pack. The Terminator turns to the second punk, ignoring the others. Your clothes, give them to me. The dwarfs exchange glances, dismayed. Fuck you, asshole! The Bill Paxton-looking dwarf exclaims as they draw their weapons. The Terminator... The Terminator's arm disappears into the chest of one, pulling out his heart as he catches Paxton Dwarf's wrist midair, crushing the bone effortlessly before punching him in the chest, sending him flying into the dark behind them. The third dwarf starts stripping, wondering in the back of his mind how this enormous man was possibly going to fit into his clothes. Um, so yeah, this part is not in the movie. This is a setup for you guys. Uh, it actually is kind of the beginning of the newest one. I'm not sure if you saw Terminator Genesis, mm-hmm. which I just watched the other day for the first time. Horrible movie. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We flash forward to 2029, where the four of you run for your lives with the rest of your platoon as explosions erupt around you. Ducking behind some rubble, you are momentarily safe. We're almost to the center of the compound. Blue team, take out that tower. The four of you come with me. When the tower falls, they will be all but defeated. We must finish this now, John Connor explains. Um, so this is a point where you uh, you and your platoon are separating. The four of you are going with John Connor into a building where there's something going on. It's like a fail safe for uh, if things go wrong. So uh, at this point, if you guys want to explain who your characters are. So uh, Adam, start with you. Okay. My character is a dwarf cleric, uh, a.k.a. medic. Uh, his name's Rotmir Ragmar Hylar. He's from the very rich Hylar Hill Dwarf clan. He was raised in the hills of Ward Torque, uh, the Beverly Hills. He lived a life of opulence and luxury most hill dwarves were unaccustomed to. Uh, one day as a teenager, he witnessed what it was like in the slums surrounding the main city when his father's coach wagon broke down. Instead of locking up inside and waiting for it to be repaired, he went outside and couldn't believe what he saw. People starving, begging for food, sick children and adults, just cast away from society. He had ventured into Skid Row, and that experience changed him forever. He started reading books on the god Apollo, becoming more and more distant from his parents' and family's lifestyle. One day in the dead of night, he decided to stow away on a ship headed to the faraway port of San Francisco to find a monastery of Apollo located under a bridge of the Golden Gate. Once he arrived, he fell into the daily life of becoming a life cleric. Then one day, tragedy struck his world, and all the clerics evacuated his monastery while he was on a meditation trek through the mountains. Feeling tremendous guilt for running away from home and away from his clan, he decided to go back to Word Torque to see if anyone was left alive. While he was on his way to Word Torque, he joined a platoon for the resistance against the machines. All right, cool. Uh, Shane? Uh, all right, so Mountain Dwarf, Brosophus. Uh, mountain Dwarf Fighter, uh, he was an urchin, uh, scrounging and hiding away with no one to take care of him for years, so he joined up to take care of people that couldn't help themselves, and that's everybody, since the Terminators are killing everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, and so he basically helps people that can't help themselves, sponsors an orphanage, 
so other people don't have to endure what I endured. And let's face it, they're all orphans at this point. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now he's he's just trying to kick some ass. Awesome. Uh, Jason? Yeah, so uh, speaking of being orphans and everyone being an orphan nowadays, this is uh, William Fletch. Fletch short for Fletcher. Um... Basically, everyone he knew and loved was killed. Kind of ran across the resistance, joined up with them, half and half ended up realizing, you know, a little bit of bow and arrow and a little bit of short sword and dagger up close and personal. He might be able to get a little bit of vengeance so that what he went through, he didn't have to see others go through and (laughs) stand up for what needs to be done to take these mothers down. Right on. Bill? Bender Stick Bumblefunk. (laughs) (laughs) appears to be a gnome but that's as far as you'll get Uh, he is a warlock whose patron is a queen of the fae and he is desperately in love with her (laughs) the feelings are not necessarily returned but he believes that if he accomplishes a deed of great heroism perhaps she'll change her tune he came from a mysterious background no one really knows prior to the apocalypse he came to, what was it, where, Torque? Where, Torque, yeah. To <laughs> seek fame and fortune as an actor, and the universe had other plans. <laughs> he fell in with the Resistance, basically, to find an opportunity to achieve his great deed. Awesome. All right, cool. So, the four of you were, like, handpicked by John Connor. At this point, the Terminators are all but defeated. uh, You guys are in the compound. It's all falling down, and he knows there's some kind of fail-safe method. They don't know what it is. The rest of the army is trying to take out the tower that is um, making all the Terminators able to communicate with each other, and you guys are entering a temple-looking thing. You follow John Connor deep into a metal fortress covered in ruins. It's a mixture of ancient dead languages ritualistically mixed in with the new binary dialect the machines created on their own. Powerful magic radiates from the glyphs, reminding you of how this all went wrong. Decades ago, when the endless wars raged, the government collected the best wizards, engineers, and smiths in the land to create an army to fill the massive population hole caused by the eternal bloodshed. The team of necromancers achieved something never thought before possible. The project had already created strong, obedient constructs out of the metal skeletons forged by the dwarves of Yosemite. The metal frames served as a great foundation for recycled warrior parts. Piece by piece, they assembled these humanoid scraps onto the technologically advanced frames infused with magic. They became so good that the organic tissue fused as one and would look as if they were living creatures. They also had the benefit of comprehension far greater than anything yet created. The memories of the dead merged with the blank drive of the war machines. They no longer had to follow only simple commands. They were taught strategy and spells and even could improvise when needed. But then Skynet was built. The great wizards on the War Council devised a way to communicate to all their new creations from a great tower centered at Fort Ord. A magical net of permanent communication spells stretched across the land. Once operational, the minds of all these creatures came together as one. Individually created for a specific task, they were efficient, but together they had the combined knowledge of all of known history. They were built to end the Great War for good, so they decided to kill everyone because that would finally end the war. You enter a massive room. The air hangs heavy and feels charged with electricity. You see a circular pedestal in the center of the room. A glow disappears from it as you just missed it being used. Skynet is down. We must have just missed the failsafe measure. 
look for answers. We must discover what they were doing here. All right. So yeah, you guys are in a giant room. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff that the um, the machines have created, and you guys have to investigate, uh, try to figure out what's going on. Okay, so um, how big is this room? Um, <clears throat> I would say it's about probably like a hundred by a hundred, but it's kind of like octagonal. Octagonal? Octagonal. Thank you. Shane, you get an inspiration point. So before <laughs> this started, Adam had an inspiration point as well. So we're already up to two inspiration points because you're going to need them. This guy's going to fuck you up. All right. Um, <laughs> How far away are we from? Uh, like the, the circle in the middle is, you know, the middle side, 50 feet. Okay. Roll an investigation check? Yeah, yeah sure. What do you, but yeah. say what you're... Um, what, what you're investigating for when you roll. Like, is there any kind of console or anything around, like any kind of control panel looking at yeah, anything? Yeah, there is There there is definitely, like, near there, there is some kind of, uh, like, it looks like an altar okay. with a bunch of stuff on there. So I'm going to go investigate that. Okay, cool. Roll. 11. 11? 11. Yeah, okay, so uh, with 11, you can definitely tell that something was done from there to control that, but you don't know how it works. Um, in the same vein as that, a spider is going to crawl out of my pocket <laughs> and it's going to transform into my imp familiar grundle. Uh, I love, I love the beginning of these games cause I haven't looked at your character sheets at all and I have no idea what the fuck's coming with this. So I'm really curious. What's uh grundle doing? Grundle's going to help me try to figure out the arcane methodology behind what that console did. Oh, okay. He's doing okay. an arcana check. Okay. Arcana. But he's going to help, so maybe advantage. Oh, if he's helping, yeah. Advantage. Yeah, that cool. sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help. Uh, 12? 12. Um, you don't know how to run it, but you do understand the basic controls of it that if you think if you called everyone over, you might be able to figure something out. But with your guys' low rolls, you still don't know what happened there. You just know that there was something on that pedestal and it went backwards. Cause meta, this is Terminator. You definitely know kind of what's, <laughs> what? yeah. So, um, yeah, you're still, still kind of looking around. Uh, John's looking, John, John Connor is looking through some stuff right now. So while everyone is basically searching and looking and everything, mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone's actually checked any extra doors or anything in the room. So I'm going to do a lap around the room okay. and check and secure. Um, interesting. Okay. Um, I, uh, CYA. <laughs> CYA. <I guess. laughs> 16. 16? Okay, yeah. So with a 16, you find... Uh, I mean, they're machines, so like they're just utility closets full of like equipments and wires and stuff. Um, Think of it as checking, making sure the doors are locked and there's no other ways in. Oh, do you want to check the, do you want to lock the doors or something? Basically secure the okay, perimeter. You want to secure, okay, so you do secure the perimeter. The 16, I feel like you can find a clue. So, um, okay, you find a book. You find a book that is um, written in common obviously written by one of the humans before it was taken over. And this book has uh talk about the possibility of time travel through, you know, um, you know, things passed down through wizards in the past kind of thing. And so obviously this was like, you know, like 
cutting edge probably like a hundred years ago, but you assumed it was used for a base of stuff to come. All right. Gotcha. Cool. Bender. Uh, Bender found something here, man. Hey, I got this. Uh, uh, I don't know if this will be any use, but uh, flipping through it, it looks like we got something here. All right, Grundle's going to run over there and <laughs> grab it out of your hands kind of roughly and greedily. <laughs> um, and he's going to bring it back over to me, and I'm going to check it out. And, and you said, like, we can basically tell from reading it that that has the some kind of time yeah, travel the, the, mechanic. Yeah, it's, it's a book about the possibilities of time travel. Like, the the wizard who wrote it didn't necessarily know how to do time travel, but it was like, you know, it's a scholarly. I was going to say from investigating some of the notes in there, mm-hmm. I, will I recognize any similarities to the big dumb machine in front of us? You definitely, um, yeah, you don't have to roll for that. Yeah. You, <laughs> you definitely notice that some, like there's like a circle of ruins, kind of, ruins. Mm-hmm. There's like a circle of ruins kind of like, you know, um, like that, the the letters or whatever the glyphs kind of match they kind of match up with what they were talking about so okay well i guess i'll wave everybody over and say thanks to our friend here we've discovered some notes that may indicate that this contraption may have some utility for time travel (laughs) and uh at that point john connor walks up with a uh picture in his hand and he's like I think I know what they're doing, and and, and he shows you a picture of a of a lady. She looks a, a, a human lady. She looks about like eighteen or nineteen years old, and uh, he tells you, "Is like this is my mom." They apparently have all sorts of information on me. I think they've been studying me since I have led so many of these battles. I think they're going back to try to kill my mom. Um, I need the four of you to head back and try to save my mom. Um, would you be willing to do this? It would be a huge, big deal for all of us because I've, I never existed. None of this happens. Hi. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. So he specifically turns to bro Cephas cause he is main character pert. So, uh, so John Connor turns to you, bro Cephas, And he says to you, it's just like, tell her this. When you see her say, Sarah, thank you. For your courage through the dark years, I can't help you with what you uh, must soon face, except to tell you that the future is not set. You must be stronger than you ever imagined you could be. You must survive, or I'll never exist. All right? All and right. And uh, so he goes over to the council, and uh, he starts playing around with some stuff, and you're just like, I think I got how this works. The four of you go stand in there, and, uh, oh, this seems uncomfortable, but... Uh, yeah, you gotta gotta strip down. Apparently, only organic matter can go through this thing. So I hope you don't have uh, you know, body issues. William <laughs> just starts ripping off clothes. Yeah, dwarf cock hanging out. <laughs> All right, yeah. everyone, everyone, roll yeah. for endowment. Um, not just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So uh, you don't want to see that. <laughs> like a. Uh, a bright blue energy starts engulfing you and suddenly the air just feels heavy. Like if you were trying to move, it would be like hard. And then slowly you start rising into the air and everything goes white in front of you. And next thing you know, you are standing in an alley, butt naked 
in a world before the destruction. So uh, pretty much in this alley, it's a vacant alley. You can tell it's dark night. It's middle of the night, like way past everyone's bedtime. And there's just a homeless man laying over in the corner uh, who's awaked and startled, you know, like he's just scared shitless, like what the fuck just happened? So he notices us, obviously. Yeah, he notices <laughs> you and he's all like, what? Uh, it's okay, dude. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're uh, we're friendly. What matter of magicry is this? Uh, Bender Stick's going to use disguise self and change his appearance to something similar to the homeless man, uh, slightly out of view, and then he'll walk out and he'll cast the friend's cantrip <laughs> on the homeless guy. Uh, just, just for the record, so everyone's naked. Does your disguise self include clothes? It does. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It does not hold up to physical inspection, <laughs> but it looks like I have clothes. All on. right. So, so right now it's just. Just a dude hanging out with a couple naked dudes in an alley. <laughs> Just, okay. Uh, so I'm going to cast the friend's cantrip on him. Okay. And I'm going to say, hail, friend. Everything's cool here. Nothing to see. <laughs> it's like, nothing to see? Four nude people just came out of thin air. <laughs> I'm going to try to persuade him that everything's chill. Okay. And roll uh, persuasion. Well, what or? does the friend's cantrip do? Uh, I get oh. advantage on all charisma checks against that. All right, I creature. guess roll, roll advantage uh, persuasion. Or that is a twenty-two. He uh, he he kind of looks at you for a minute, and then uh, he uh, he kind of looks over to he has like a wine skin, and he just kind of he kind of grabs that and just like. I mean, I guess this is the weirdest thing I've seen in uh, this alley. Uh, and he kind of just kind of curls into the corner and just like, you know, starts falling back to sleep. I'm going to turn to the rest of the group and say, you guys got to find some clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, walk towards the end of the alley, being careful and kind of look around to see if there's any clothing shops or shit like that uh down the street you definitely see a clothing shop but it's about i would say a block and a half and um in between there there is a group of cops i would say there's about five police officers you know just standing there just kind of shooting the shit talking about you know like oh man i bust this uh elf skull in last night man you know he was trying to talk back like Dude, but this is my house and stuff. And it's like, nah, man, we just bam. <laughs> like, uh, his kids were crying. So as Brosifus is like edgily peering around the corner at the end of the alley, I'm going to start looking around, seeing if we got any dumpsters, if we've got any type of garbage, if we have anything um, floating around. Yeah, there's, you know, there's like bins back there. So you're going to go dumpster diving? Yeah, yeah, okay. dumpster diving. Okay, dive. I guess investigator perception or i guess one of the two whichever one you want perception all right perception see if you perceive clothes 19 and 2 so yeah all right uh just roll another d20 if it's over 10 you find something that fits <laughs> i got a six. Oh. okay so a six is enough that it will go on you but it's like super super tight like tunic and like Little kids' pants. Do you want to wear these? Like a child's summer coat like, yeah. Brosophus. Brosophus. I got something for you, little man. <laughs> oh, nice. Guys, guys, hold on, hold on. Um, why don't we get Bender Stick 
to go distract the police officers while we break into clothing store. Oh, I was totally planning to do that anyway, but I just wanted to see him wearing that tunic. <laughs> this is nice. It's not so bad. I will use a disguise self again and transform into... D- disguise, that's a cantrip, right? Yeah. Uh, like... It's a it's a level one spell, but as part of my Mask of Many Faces invocation, I can cast it at will. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to disguise myself as a sexy lady. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm assuming I'm going to have to roll something like... I'm going uh, to look kind of disheveled, though, all right. like as if I was attacked. <laughs> I'm going to run over there, uh, just a flailing, frantic run, um, as feminine as I can do. <laughs> and I'm going to scream out, help, help, good sirs. I was accosted by a foul elf in that alley over there. Are you pointing towards the alley that they're at? No, I am am pointing in the exact opposite direction. Okay. Okay. Uh, Immediately, at least three of them look there. Two of them, you can kind of tell. I mean, these do not seem like the most outstanding uh, officers. Like, they're kind of like looking at you like, hey, girl, what's up? Kind of thing. Um, But yeah, three of them are definitely looking the other way right now. Yes. They do not suspect anything yet. Okay. Please go, go apprehend that foul beast. All right. Uh, one of them seems like they're in command and just like, the four of you, go check out that alley. I'm going to console this lady. <laughs> um, As this consolation's um, going on, yeah. I'm going to keep looking through the alley. Let me see if I can find a brick or a rock or a something. Okay. Uh, I guess. I want to hold on. Before well, you do that, roll, roll it while. What are you doing? I right. notice him. I notice him looking for a rock, and I'd be like, "Hold on, dude! I got a spell for this." What is what you, the spell you got? Hold person. Where what I does hold ba- person do? I, I can paralyze. I can basically paralyze him and prevent him from moving. Either way, I hit an eighteen, so I'm 18. pretty sure I got uh, something. You you specifically find uh, your choice. There is a brick, a rock, and this weird like broken stone idol. All of them will do a one d four. I like bricks. We'll grab a brick. It's a very nice brick. It's red. Uh, you can tell that fine masonry uh, care was put into it. It's a master craft brick. <laughs> Is it tagged with acne on the side? <laughs> yes. Cool. Um, so so by being a master craft brick, it doesn't have any extra to hit or anything like that, but it does count as a magical weapon if you need it. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's fun. All right. Uh, so so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to address that police officer and sensing that he is kind of dirty. I'm, I'm going to put my hand on, on his arm and say, Oh, you're, you're so great for helping me out. I'd love to show you how grateful I can be. If you follow me over there, (laughs) Uh, you directed like towards like another alley. I'm I'm going back to the alley. there. Oh, they're in. Okay, cool. Um, I'm still looking around. Uh, Roll ro- persuasion, real quick. I'm just going to do like a simple contest. All right, hold on. Let me. Uh, Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. He is like, <laughs> I'm gonna get some. Can we? Can we ready? Can we ready our uh, attacks? Yeah, yeah. Like this guy has no idea that you guys are over there right now. So, all right. So we all get an unarmed strike, which is a D4, right? One plus your strength modifier. Okay, cool. So you all get unarmed strikes, except for Brickman. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blast him with Eldritch Blast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so I'm gonna blast you. So once good. we're around the corner and no one can see. 
for the record right now, we got a dwarf in really tight clothes because dwarfs are stocky. Oh, these yeah. are like kids' clothes, but they kind of do fit lengthwise. So, and then two naked people. And then someone who's just using a disguise spell, who's also just feeling the nice breeze of the night, and one person has an improvised weapon. All right, so uh, the town guard uh, walks with you guys, and um, he's just kind of like, alright, I'm going to get my dick sucked. And um, uh, he turns the corner and is shocked by this appearance of uh, three people, uh, <laughs> one of which has yeah, some clothes that don't fit and attack. Uh, I, I, oh, oh no. no. Be- bender. <laughs> um, Adam rolled a one with his first roll of the night. And uh, uh, I slip on some like some grease from a restaurant yeah. nearby. So, so Rotmir just comes in full steam, just put everything into this punch and then just stumbles past him and this officer doesn't have a weapon out or anything he's not seeing anything but as you stumble past him he is going to roll to hit you unarmed strike he rolled a six he is not probably going to hit you because you said he was like a 20 or something like well, that that was with the armor oh yeah what do you uh naked wise so, uh, that's naked, uh 10 like plus a... uh 10 plus dex dex uh, yeah eight <laughs> You got a negative two on that. Yeah, I have a negative two on my decks. I don't have this guy statted out, but I'm, I'm gonna negative. say I'm gonna say that he has a plus three to hit. So that's just enough to uh, uh, hit Fair you. Enough. Fair and uh, so he's unarmed striking you. That's uh, plus strength. That One plus strength, right? So yeah, I'm gonna say it's uh, yeah, it's a plus three. This just guy's a low level thing. So yeah, he's a he's a four. He hits you. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, and, and I'm going to say because of that, you you're not prone right behind him right now. Fair enough. And uh, then I guess uh, Shane Shane or Brosephus. Brosephus rolled a 19 to hit. 19, you hit him. So that's six. Yeah, he he uh, he kind of like you ever play like Mike Tyson's Punch Out, where when you hit someone with the uppercut and they kind of just like they stand there for a second and like a star appears over his head. <laughs> yep, little yeah, dazed he, and like, sparkles. He's like. Like yeah, that's what he just kind of does that, and he's just mouth agape right now as uh, you know, Fletch. Well, with rolling a sixteen and a nice mastercraft brick. Yep. <laughs> um, I end up having a three of the one d four as he's sitting there sparkling. Yeah. Uh, brick comes from behind, back, full haymaker style towards the fucking temple. Did you uh? Did you at like strength? I think is that on. Uh, improvised or no? Improvised is just 1d4. 1d4? Okay, so I think. That's th- I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, you might change that just homebrew style because me just punching him yeah, you was, could, the, you know, plus you could five off the bat. Yeah, okay, sense. so what was your strength plus that? Strength would be plus one, so that's four. Four? Okay, so he uh, he looks staggered at this point. This guy's, I mean, he's a weak guy. So, um, <laughs> so uh, a bender stick bumble funk. <laughs> Uh, he rolled a 26 to hit. 26? Yes, he hits. <laughs> Holy fuck. That wasn't a nat 20? No, it was a 19 plus 7. Holy shit. 13 non-lethal damage. <laughs> oh, you're trying to keep this guy alive? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so he is uh, he is pretty much unconscious, like kind of dazed on the ground at this point. Um, and, yeah, like, I mean, if you want to grapple him and drag him into the alley he's probably going to be out for a little bit i was thinking hey guys 
we should take his clothes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to say uh, he is, he's about six foot tall human. Uh, he's a, probably a couple donuts over being in shape. So it's, you know, I'd say about 210. So Fletcher, you're stealing those clothes. It looks like yeah, you guys yeah, were definitely, off definitely. mic kind of like pointing. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so now we got two people clothed and one that's uh, <laughs> one that's magically clothed. Seeing as he was a, a basically guard patrolman, uh, oh yeah, start he had searching a, him for any weapons. Yeah, on he him. never pulled that out, but he has a nightstick, which is a club. A club, yeah. So whatever that stats are, it's also one d four. Is that really? Uh, I will also say that maybe he has a range. He has a crossbow on him, like a light crossbow, like a light crossbow. Yeah, it's one d eight. 8320. Oh, and he has a dagger too. So he has he had a dagger, a club, and a crossbow on him. I'm grabbing the dagger. Cool. Okay. I'm clothing up. Can I get the light crossbow? Like a cop. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bender's going to disguise self now as a police officer similar to that outfit. Okay. Okay. Here's what we're going to do, guys. And I'm going (laughs) to punch. (laughs) <laughs> Rot mirror in the face. So he has a nice shiner. Fuck, more damage? <laughs> That's gotta be at least like it's an unarmed strike. Um uh, I, I, I'm gonna say it's uh, not gonna do a lot of damage, I can promise. I guess I, I, I guess roll I, I, the punch. <laughs> and roll. can I grab the club? Well if he's is he gonna let me punch? Yeah. yeah. I'm, okay. I'm just, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I still just roll because if you want to uh, I, I like to know once okay. for well, I don't even need effect. to roll it because okay. actually no, I do technically for Minus two, so <laughs> two damage. Two damage, okay. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to put him in like an arm lock behind and suggest do the same <laughs> motion to Brocephus. <laughs> I like that you guys, you just started. You just get into this game and you fought one of the weakest guards in this town and yet you're already fucking yourselves up <laughs> by choice. <laughs> Brocephus. Yes. Hey, hey, hey what's on. up? Check this out. You see this brick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Shiner, a two points of damage right to the temple. <laughs> little, little cut. All right, and then I'm gonna whisper. Just go with it. All right, I I do slowly pick up the club, and I kind of look at him, but I get it, so I'm not gonna swing at him. Okay, cool. Um, so at this point, you can hear the other four kind of like they sound kind of angry and it's like there was a fucking damn thing down that alley you're like captain smith where the fuck are you captain smith and like all of a sudden you hear them like you know like pulling out their weapons like captain smith like fuck fuck yeah uh do we take off towards down the alley or working out we're gonna well, right, right now they don't know where you are no for sure and my intelligence is negative one so i also have no idea what the plan is i just got yeah. punched uh, I would suggest we start marching these dwarves out of the alley and then motion to those cops when we're pretty far distant from the unconscious body. Okay. And say, guys, guys, it was a trick. Some whore jumped your captain with like five elves and they ran that way. And I'm going to point again in the opposite <laughs> direction. All right, I, I would say that they are suspicious at this point, um, but I'm going to just roll, roll, roll uh, bro persuasion. I'm rolling two dice, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Cool. 
Oh man, seventeen. <laughs> yeah. The thing I hate about D and D is sometimes you have an idea in your head, and the dice are like, "Fuck you, <laughs> the fuck that's <laughs> happening." So <laughs> they look very suspicious, and they're walking towards you, and they're just like, "Where's Captain Smith?" But meanwhile, they're kind of looking backwards and just, just, just say your response to that, and then. So like, where's Captain Smith? Have you seen Captain Smith? I told you, lazy jerks, that he got jumped by a painted lady of the night and a bunch of dirty elves, and they ran that way. Like, they were already convinced, but they were just kind of like, you know, mm. just trying to, and you're just like, sure, sure thing, sure thing. And then they just start kind of jogging into the night. Um, I'm going to say that you are... I guess I didn't look at your character sheets, how intelligent you guys are, but you have to know that like, there's only so far they're going to go where you're like, there's no one fucking around here. You know, like, uh, so you got a limited amount of time to get the fuck out of Dodge or do something. That's what we're going to do. I think we should go to the, uh, the clothing store. Run across. Yeah. But if the clothing store is straight down the block, they're on the block too. But they're yeah, on the, opposite the, clo- the clothing store, I'm going to say, is towards the direction that they just ran. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Okay. You're going to get back at Bill's dice roll somehow, huh? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, okay, so uh, Meta, if you remember the movie when uh, Kyle Reese mm-hmm. lands, he meets the homeless guy, steals the homeless guy's pants, and the homeless guy yells out to some cops, and they chase him into a clothing store. Right. This is our own thing. It can be whatever we want. I just put the pieces in place. Yeah, uh, it's not a lot of fun unless you, you know, uh, <laughs> you have to try to do some kind of running and all this stuff. Like these cops are nothing. If you, I mean, honestly, all the cops in this game are pretty much nothing. Uh, spoiler alert: uh, There's a scene in a cop station in the movie, mm. and the Terminator actually. Okay, this is like a trivia one that I read when I was doing prep for this. Uh, at one point, they say, I think it was, there's 30 cops in this station. No one's going to touch you to uh, Sarah Connor. And apparently in the movie, they show 30 cops getting killed by the Terminator. <laughs> it was like one of those things like they took pain. Like, yeah, this he's just going to kill 30 police officers in this scene. So, nice. yeah, I mean, they're not. These are like level one characters that are getting meta. You know, my philosophy yeah. was just hapless cops don't yeah. want to wreck them if we don't have to right i will say i don't know your sneak too but there is definitely this is like a busy street during the day mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a D version of la so i mean like there's shit everywhere if you guys are sneaky at all you can totally sneak down the street too you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah so yeah you guys have i would say about what would be like six turns if we were in combat to go do something. All right. Well, I suggest we go to that clothing store and put some clothes on you. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Real quick, what is your guys' speed? 25 feet. 30 feet. 30. 25. Okay, cool. So I would say, are you guys full dashing or are you guys oh, fighting? Yeah, yeah, full dash. Okay. No I, I would say you guys get about, uh, I'd say about 25 feet from the door, from the clothing store when you can hear down the alley like you can't see them but they're just like the angry voices just like what the fuck is going on here man there is no one around here it's like 
two o'clock in the fucking morning. Who's the fuck's out at two o'clock in the morning? It's just, there's nothing going on here. We're going back and investigating. These motherfuckers are fucking with us. All right. And um, slowly like behind, like there's like, you know, gas lamps and stuff every so often. It's just very dim light. You can kind of see the shadows kind of jogging towards you. So pretty much you, ha- uh, they're probably, I'm guessing about 60 feet away from the door at full, uh, at full sprint. And you guys are about 25. What do you guys do? Is there something for me to duck behind if I know they're coming? Can I ambush them? Is like, uh, do you, yeah, there's like, there's like trash bins and like, uh, there's like a, like a fruit cart that's, you know, closed for the day. Like they have locks, but you can tell like they open up, uh, you know, like a little kiosk that someone's, you know, selling his wares during the day. Like there's things on the street. Okay. So, um, I'm going to motion to Bender and William. You're like, all right, you guys intercept them. Me and Brosophus are going to go and hide behind some trash cans. Then when you guys are talking to them, give us a signal. We're going to jump out, bash him on the head. <laughs> Got a brick. Bash him on the head. <laughs> so we you got a club. So we're yeah, gonna got find. Brick. He's got the club. Give me the brick. Tosses Touch. the brick over. All right. All right. Cool. So are you guys going to try to roll stealth hide, or are you yeah. guys are just okay? Yeah. 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 Everyone, everyone, roll stealth. Wait, where where are we at right now? Sorry. You guys are so it's dim light. All these guys are human cops, so mm-hmm. you know they can't see dim light. So I would actually maybe say advantage on stealth. Hmm. Um. If <laughs> you gotta reroll, but uh, yeah. So um, uh, does so everyone have over fifteen or anyone under fifteen? Under fifteen. You're both under fifteen. Well, are they you guys trying to, to be hide. stealthy? No, no, we're not trying to oh, be stealthy. Sorry. It's just us two. It's just us two. So yeah, yeah I, I passed. Is. Okay, so you two, I passed. He didn't. Okay, so okay. Repeat this real quick, quick for me. What is your plan? We just want to me and Brosephus. 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 Mm. Um, I just want to hide behind the like whatever's like the trash can or this little fruit cart, okay, know, whatever, while they intercept them while they're running back towards us. So okay. we'll get a sneak attack, and also we're surrounding them when the engagement. All right, starts. so they're running towards you two, and you guys are hiding. Yeah. All right, so uh, Shane Brosephus is very well hidden right now, and I'm going to say that Rodmir, they have not seen you. But as they're passing, like you, like you're sticking out enough that that like, like you, I don't know if you get any sneak attack things. You do not get sneak attack no. uh, bonuses. But like of Shane, if you did, you would. Actually, are they? How close are they? Um, at sixty this, feet. They were okay. sixty feet. But if you're waiting, okay, to so an they ambush, can't. They can't see us yet. No, they're just running back because they know. Okay. Like this is the second time they've been sent on a wild goose chase, and they all have their weapons. <laughs> all right, pretty much while ready. Like, what the fuck is going while, on? While they're coming back, I'm gonna use disguise self, and I'm gonna turn <sighs> into, uh, what was it, Captain Smith? But I'm all fucked up. <laughs> my head is bloody. Like my uniform is torn. Uh, I'm going to say roll persuasion. Oh my god. (laughs) Roll persuasion anyways. That's a 10. Okay, well, they rolled a 1. So, so they see Captain Smith and they're like, holy shit! And now all that stealth doesn't matter. They're like, what the fuck happened to you? And they are just full running towards uh, Bender Stick 
and they were just like they they could give a fuck about anything else. It's like what the fuck happened, and they are just. I mean, they are sold to the fact that their captain looks fucked up. And so the rest of you, uh, Fletch? So meanwhile, at the same time, noticing out of the corner of my eye mm-hmm. that Rotmere is basically barely hidden, mm-hmm. panicking left and right, left and right, seeing advancing officers, yeah. seeing my party member basically kind of poke it out, barely hidden, Yeah, yell out, hey, you, 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 reach over and grab him to pull him <laughs> out of hiding. As I'm pulling him out of hiding... That's how I'm slanting, handing him the brick, basically behind his back. As nice, I like him. it. I like it. Okay, uh, do slide a hand. I'd say you just got to beat a ten. Seven and five. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so uh, Rotmir has a brick now, and uh, you are right behind him, kind of bringing him over. So uh, uh, Brosephus is hidden, and there's four complete completely oblivious cops right now talking to Bender stick as captain Smith. Now here's a question for you. How good is your impersonations of voice? Well, I was actually just about to get there. I do have a plus five to performance, but (laughs) I'm going to act like my jaw is broken. Oh shit. I like it. And just sort of wildly gesticulate, like point Mm -hmm. at them and just, look really right. pissed off because they rolled a one i'm not going to make you roll until you do anything rp that might be suspicious and then you might have to convince them um because that's actually a pretty good plan mm-hmm. and they rolled a one and it's just like <laughs> i can't let that shit slide man ones and 20s man you gotta fucking let the dice speak yeah so uh what do you say to them as like they get close uh uh fletch has uh a dwarf and like a uh, arm lock with a hidden brick uh, what do you guys? What do you guys do? Uh, like I said, I'm just gonna gesticulate wildly. I'm gonna point at them like I'm really disappointed and angry, and then I'm gonna make a sort of <laughs> moderately like racist pointed ears, uh, <laughs> um, like gesture, and point in the opposite direction. Again. <laughs> the the direction they just came from. Yeah. And at the same time, okay. Remember he... when I said that you have to roll if you like? They literally just been sent off twice. They got to be a little bit suspicious. I, I, I know the one. That. I know the one. <laughs> this is like I, I, I mean, I'll do it like a DC seven. You have to be. I mean, like this is an easy one, but you like come on. They got to no. It's a DC ten. You got to be a DC ten. <laughs> like they um they. They got to be suspicious, even with the one. All right. They've already run away twice. And honestly, these guys aren't in the best shape. Like, they're not. (laughs) All right. We'll let the dice tell the tale here. Uh, Let's see. Six plus seven is 13. Yeah. We don't want to kill them. Oh, my God. So these guys, like, they're pretty much like. I am done with this motherfucker. This this captain can kiss my ass. I'm glad someone broke his jaw. I hope he goes back to his old lady and you know she you know she leaves his ass because he just keeps sending us on these fools errands now. And like they so they're no longer jogging. They're kind of like hastily walking now, like you know, just like a steady pace down there, just looking around like where the fuck? I don't even know what like where could someone go? And it's like damn, I don't know if he's. He's kind of the boss, you know. And how uh, how far away are they? 
Uh, I would say at this point they're about sixty feet again. Okay. And uh, yeah, you guys were did you guys didn't move any closer to the clothing shop yet? So yeah, I'd say you're back to where you were again. That you're about twenty five feet. Gotcha. Right. I was gonna say my intelligence is negative one, so I should have <laughs> still attacked them, but I missed that opportunity. But I mean, you could have attacked them, but at the same time, it sounded like you guys weren't necessarily like. No, I understand, but the plan was to, yeah. you know, get, jump out and crack him in the head, and I should yeah. have done that, but anyway. So, so with that, your intelligence, there's no plan, so mm-hmm. you're just probably panicked with a club naked <laughs> in the corner behind a I got my cart. tiny summer summer camp shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we come out. Are we going back to the store? Yeah, let's That's go back to that. our end game. That's yep. Go All to right. the store. I'm going to keep an eye on the on the officers while they try to go break in. All right, cool. So the the shop is like a very simple shop, you know, it's like w- wooden, like, you know... uh log cabin style walls stuff and just a solid wooden door like two story like you know kind of windows up top but um it's just a little two story thing and uh there's not like uh it's like shuttered windows on ground level with wood and just solid wooden door and the door is locked uh is there do i have to roll to see if there's anywhere i can climb up on the second story if there's an entrance up there i mean passive perception you would see that like it's not like an easy climb but like you know it's 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 like you know like i said it's kind of like a log cabin style so if you're a good climber i've I don't got know athletics if, if you let me how, use that how, what's your what's your plus on athletics uh plus seven dude you could totally try for that that sounds like that would probably you know that would right. probably work if you could climb climb up there and break in Ooh, 17 Seventeen, I would say that yeah, you uh you you're now on the second floor, uh just you know, flush to a window and uh yeah, what do you do? You wanna break the window? Is it I mean I try it first to see if it's unlocked. That's actually pretty smart. I do do, you, do most people uh, lock their second story window? I'm gonna roll for it. Uh the window is unlocked. Um the window kind of slides open. And... All right. I head in and then start to the bottom to open the front door. Okay, roll uh stealth stealth, yeah. yeah. 11? Oh, wait. 12. 12? With that, you hear someone, like, down... Like, you're on a second floor, and you can kind of tell this is semi-residential. Like, this is, like, an apartment of, like, the owner above. And you hear down the hall, like, a... Who, who, who's there? Go away. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Just far, everyone's through. still on the ground level, and you guys... Uh, I mean, and Brocephus is on the second floor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up to the door and knock on it. Okay. Um, you hear a like, what, what is going on here? And, uh, you know, I'll roll, I'll roll for, uh, performance. Be like, uh, I, I need some help. I need some clothes. I'm cold. The door, the door creaks open and you see an old man just like, what, 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 what rights do you have knocking on my door at two o'clock in the morning? I'm a naked dwarf. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I see that. I do the helicopter. <laughs> This <laughs> is. I haven't seen such obscenity since my days back in the army. Would you? Uh, w- would you be able to help us? We're also in the army. Uh, uh, Rope persuasion, I guess. Before before he does that, two police officers 11. will step up behind him <laughs> to try and help him sell that story. Don't mind him, help. sir. He's a little bit misshapen here. We just kind of got him down the alley. Please, I was jumped. Wouldn't you help? An officer of the law, and he's just like, "Oh God, damn, do hold for this!" And he, uh, he kind of takes his lantern and puts it on a table, and kind of motions in for you guys. But like the door is open, 
and he's kind of standing near it, and he's just like kind of looking at you, and he's just like, ah, here, put put some pants on you, you obscene dwarf, and he throws some pants to you, and he's just like, that that will be three copper pieces. Um, I'm gonna go. He's he's looking directly at me. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna thank him. Use the break. and Wait. kind of bend over, and as I'm pulling my pants on, kind of try to bash him in the head real quick with the brick. With the brick to knock him yes. out. To okay. Not kill him, to, okay. To roll, roll a d20, <laughs> just straight up. No. Seventeen. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he falls lifeless, and you see, you see, as soon as you hit him, that like. This man was old. This man was fragile. He was. He, he, I'm gonna cat as soon as I do that. Okay, go ahead and explain. How. He falls to the ground like lifeless, and he just kind of like he just, you know, just drops, and you just see like this Shit. man. This man was like, I mean, like this man was sick. He probably, I mean, you might have helped him along. He was probably going to go soon, anyways. As he dropped, you see you see me behind him with the club coming up from behind. I'm gonna all right. So because I'm chaotic, good. Um, I wasn't trying to kill him, so I'm gonna cast uh, spare the dying. Ooh, that's it's like, that's the spell you got. Yeah. What does that it's one a do? Cantrip. Uh, you touch a living creature that has zero hit points. The creature becomes stable. The spell has no effect on undead or constructs. All right, I'll I'll, I'll allow it, but with what I just rolled. Which, for the listener at home, I was rolling a dice to see what else was happening. You roll a twenty. The the not you the uh, the guards who are now kind of coming back again. And as you were healing this old man, well, I'm not healing him. I'm just. I'm not. You're breaking him back. He's unconscious. They come to the door, still suspicious as hell. You're still uh, disguised as their captain, and they're like. What the hell are you doing in this building now? Is that man okay? So the cops are back. Now what's going down? Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> All right. So basically, what, what, what was that? Mmm. Uh, jaw's broken. <laughs> oh, jaw's so broken. broken. Um, <laughs> Benderstick is desperately hoping someone. We're trying else to get gonna... these. We're... At the same time, quick question: Did they see us enter? Because they were heading in the opposite direction. Yeah, but they came back. Like I was, I just, you know, I was rolling just the dice to see what they're doing. They rolled a twenty, he so they came back to, to kill these fuckers. Do you want to kill the people or not? Railroading. <laughs> um, I wasn't like I'm giving you plenty of options to get out. This <laughs> is just they're kind of like being being serious. Um, I don't know. I either hide if you guys are coming in. I'll roll stealth. If not, I'll ready my weapon. I I'll take what you know. See what you guys are and react to that. I mean. Just meta for a second. Uh, ideally, when we went inside, I was gonna close the door behind us and lock it, and then yeah. blow out that lantern. <laughs> Same here. But, that's that, that's why I was asking if they saw us enter. I was gonna say we missed that opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I hate retconning shit. Um, yeah. And they rolled a twenty. Mm-hmm. The twenty was just to see if they were gonna come back or not. And gotcha. They came back. They're not in the building yet. Um, I mean, like they're just standing on. They're just suspicious. Like, what the fuck's going on? You could. Try persuading them again. You can just try attacking them, but they're just like they see an old man who's kind of coming to his days, but he's stable after being on the brink of death. <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess having sort of heard Captain Smith's voice earlier when he was trying to get some, mm. and now I have a broken <laughs> jaw. 
I'll try to mimic it as best I can as if I had a broken jaw and say, we were canvassing the area to see if anyone saw where my attackers went, you jackasses. And this old man just dropped. And you hear him say something like, what happened? And, um, all right, roll, roll, uh, persuasion. 25. Okay. They're just like, <laughs> yes. well, we still haven't found something. We're going to try the other way now. And so they walk away. And, uh, with that, we're going to take a break and we'll come back next episode, uh, with the exciting conclusion of what happens in a clothing store. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of chance for, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, trying on clothes montage or, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Reboots and Dragons. Be sure to check out our website at rebootsanddragons.com. Uh, we're on all the social medias. Uh, music is still done by Brian Boyles. Check him out on SoundCloud. Uh, maybe check out Spirit on stuff, even though he wasn't on this episode. Rebus and Dragons, a Something Street Studio production.